0: You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 18, recorded in November 2011. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And I'm Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And Sandy, we had uh, forgotten to do this up front on the last show, so I'm going to say it up front right away, that uh, if you're tuning into this episode for the very first time and checking out this to learn about how to end human trafficking, welcome. Welcome. We're so glad to have you. we're glad you took the a few minutes here to tune in to us and hopefully that this time will be very valuable to you in learning a bit more about this issue of really studying this issue, being a voice in ending it and ultimately making a difference and if as you're listening, uh, I think you're gonna have questions that'll come up and we uh, take questions all the time, sandy That's and right. so. We want to encourage you to reach out to us with questions. And of course, if you have feedback on the show, things you'd like us to cover in the future or things you have questions upon from past episodes, you can reach out to us anytime. Uh, Actually, three ways. You can reach out to us by email at gcwj at vanguard.edu. Or you can call the center directly, Sandy, and either talk to you live or you can leave a voicemail.
1: 714-556-3610, extension
0: 2242. And the third way is for those of you who love Facebook, you can go on to Facebook and just do a search for Global Center for Women and Justice. You can like us on Facebook. And if you do that, one, you'll actually get a couple of things. One, you can ask questions right there on the page of us and interact with us. You'll also get all the announcements about different shows when they post. And in addition, a whole bunch more too that the center's up to and resources and links. So there's a great conversation that's going on there with lots of information for you. So I encourage you to check that out as well. And Today, Sandy, we are actually going to be talking about um, some things that are in place nationally to raise awareness around human trafficking, and it being toward the end of the year here now, uh, we're, we're actually looking forward to January and February because this is a big Time of the year for those of us who um, you know care strongly about advocating against this issue, because there's a lot of awareness activities coming up that we want to educate this audience about, and and uh, also I want to be educated about too, because you're much more an expert on this than I am. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to learning from you.
1: Well, I always plan for January 11th, because January 11th is National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. Oh, and as you okay. know, Dave, you know I came back from living overseas, mm-hmm. and when I discovered human trafficking was right here, I was very happy when they passed the um, the resolution that we would actually have a day where we look at human trafficking in our own country. So January 11th. And here in Orange County, we started calling it OC111. And it's a big event. Everybody plans it every year. And we ramp up our, our faith-based groups, our NGOs, our schools to talk about what is human trafficking and our media covers it. It's really been a very powerful um, mode of awareness. But I think in listening to people over the last uh, year... We wanna do more than just awareness. So I've I've been thinking, how do I phrase that? I think I wanna do um, January 11th, National Human Trafficking Awareness Plus. Plus, do something. Something that um, would make us all more responsible, would give us a way of taking some sort of action. Instead of just waiting for somebody else to put on an event that I can go to, sure. So that's kind of where we are with this podcast today. Hmm. You've got you've got time to put together something either for January 11th, which is National Human Trafficking Awareness Day, or we also have another event that's related. February 1st is Freedom Day, and this is related to um, when Abraham Lincoln uh, freed the slaves. And um, many of the faith-based communities take the January 11th date and run awareness events, including a prayer calendar, all the way through to February 1st. So basically, if you get your calendar out, here's a chance for you to do Awareness Plus. What I want to walk you through today is how you can do something. Don't just say, oh, I'm in a I'm going to call in on that day, or I'm going to go to something, but you could actually plan your own awareness event and engage your local community.
0: And this is a really good time to be thinking about this, Andy, not only because of the dates of the awareness events themselves, but of course, uh, you know, we're in the midst of the holiday season now, but in a few short weeks, we're going to be into the first of the year. And it tends to be a time that a lot of us just think naturally about what can I do better This coming year and what's something I can do to help out the world and give back to the world. And I know that's always a component of my thinking around, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't use the term New Year's resolutions, but just thinking about what I'm going to do that year and my kind of, you know, life plan and how I'm going to utilize my time and resources. And this is one thing that you can put into that plan of thinking how and do some planning now of how you can reach out to do something, not just that makes you feel good but also does something meaningful for the world and for people whose lives could potentially be really changed in a positive way. So I'm really glad we're talking about this well, today, Sandy. And
1: what I want to do is I want to give two different models. Okay. One, well, maybe three. Um, one is you as an individual living in your community. Okay. Secondly, you as a professional. And thirdly, you is a, a member of a faith community.
0: Hmm, Okay, Okay. great. So let's start with uh, me, myself, and I, the three of us. We get together and we decide we want to do something.
1: I have participated in some really creative ways of doing awareness in communities. I was talking to someone um, a few years ago about the case of Shima, who was an Egyptian child slave in a beautiful home in a gated community and um, right here in Orange County. And she was rescued because a neighbor reported this. Mm-hmm. I remember you so, telling us the story before. Oh, no. it's a great story. So we have to interview. It, it's a good
0: ending. The story yeah, is Yeah, because it's tarred. a happy yeah, happy yeah, ending. The, the story is, ends well.
1: So, so my friend, I was talking about this, said, well, can you come to my house and tell that story? I live in a gated community. Mm. I said, yes, I can. I, and so here she lives in a gated community. She had 10 or 12 people in her neighborhood, come over. And I took the resources that you can order for free on rescueandrestore.org, took them with me, passed them out so that everybody had the 888 3737 hotline number so that if they saw something, they could report it. And, you know, everybody isn't going to see a Shima, but when someone sees a Shima and they know what to do, mm. that's what makes a difference? So she had a neighborhood awareness event in her home for ten or twelve people. That was great. It was just wonderful now, I and had that's
0: ten or twelve people that may not have heard anything about this before. And, like you said, saying, it's not that they're all going to run into these situations. But boy, if someone did, then they, they have the resources, the knowledge, and the understanding to know. What to do, and and of course, not that we'd ever be trying to you know go out in the world and scare people about uh, about things, but if Mm-mm. you have education and you have knowledge, you have power and you have the ability to understand the world around you, and that's well, what a great example. And of, of
1: course, that. you know, in the general conversation, we talked about things like um, fair trade products, and so you know, we started educating that little community, and of course, that community grew beyond, so it, it becomes um, a ripple effect.
0: Yeah. That's so, great, and because other those other issues then come up exactly, in those conversations, yes, and so exactly. it really does become a great dialogue to educate people and inform people about many of these issues. So,
1: and and then here's the other thing that happens: the people sitting in that living room, some of them were um, service providers in our community. So the next thing that happened is one of those uh, attendees that day said, "Well, can you come to this?" place where I work and do a presentation with these professionals, Mm. which we're going to talk about that in the second um, section. Let me finish the individual, Sure, what you can do at home. Um, Another friend, after they heard this presentation, said, well, I don't want to scare people with all this kind of, I want to do something that is fun. And I thought, human trafficking isn't fun. What am I
0: supposed to do? But right. my well, it's one of the struggles we have with the show is exactly. you know, how do we how do we keep this upbeat? You know, it's it's really a tough topic. So I can appreciate that.
1: Well, my assistant at the time uh, said, "Oh, I have an idea," and so she put together for the Live to Free Club a chocolate house party. And in fact, if you want to have a chocolate tasting party that emphasizes um, understanding how fair trade is a way to vote at the register for slave-free products, then you can, you can send us an email and we will send you the PDF kit to have a human trafficking chocolate tasting party. And it, it's really kind of fun because the um, Alicia did a fabulous job putting this together. Even talks about how to pair the things that you serve with the chocolate. And, no um, and then it has everything you need to tell five or six stories, very briefly, of trafficking um, cases and what happened to those cases and gives you a chance to um, share with your friends and neighbors the 888 number. So that's another way for an individual to have a National Human Trafficking Day awareness event in their own home.
0: And the email, again, for those who may want that document to reach out to us is gcwj at vanguard.edu, and that's for the Global Center for Women and Justice.
1: It's fun. Chocolate, the, everybody- You can't go wrong with it. Yeah.
0: Lots of people like chocolate. Exactly. You can't go wrong with that. That attracts a crowd.
1: Now, when we move to the second group, because in your homes, you're going to find professional people- who are involved, especially in the service industry. So Mm -hmm. how did they take this to the next level?
0: Yes, curiously, many of us work. Yes. And of course, many of us don't work too. So that's important for us to remember, but yeah.
1: I'm a nurse and um, I used to do, uh, I was always looking for someone to come in and do an in-service for my staff. Mm. This is a great, this is a great in-service to do. And actually the rescueandrestore.org website has toolkits for healthcare professionals, for law enforcement professionals, that have a PowerPoint and everything all ready to go for you to do at your place of employment. Hmm. This is a great resource. You can also order brochures for healthcare providers, for social workers, and for law enforcement at that same website. And of course, that website is on our gcwj.vanguard.edu website as I well. I was just going to ask you we that. We always have all the links. We have all the links. Cool. So, but there are other um, frontline service providers that we don't traditionally think of as needing to have this kind of awareness training. So what I would like, especially if you listen to the last time's podcast about the new law that goes into effect in January for supply chain. Um, transparency. Then it becomes even more important that uh, retail centers have training for their workers on what is human trafficking. They need to understand. So they need an awareness package that shows them what human trafficking is. And I think this is the next level of awareness and community engagement to make sure we do those kinds of outreach efforts as well.
0: So we talked last time, Sandy, about how organizations, at least in California, are going to be required to do more disclosure and really more looking at this. Uh, large organizations are putting together resources to do this, but let's say I'm a, let's say I'm a really small, a smaller organization, or just a one, you know, maybe a one store retail location. And I'm looking for ways to educate people. What would be the way I'd want to reach out to either the center, Sandy, or you, or, or resources that would be helpful in putting something like that together?
1: Well, I I have all kinds of ideas when you ask that question. That's great. First of all, you can you can go to our website and find resources. We have a resource list, and in fact, we have links to um, videos. We have the Cost of Demand, which is just four minutes. You can do that in a briefing at the beginning of your day. We have about a 15-minute lesson on uh, what human trafficking is that tells the story of Shima, uh, which is the story I was talking about from a gated community. There's a link for that. There are also resources to internet safety, to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, to the um, Rescue and Restore website, as well as to the State Department. And I think um, when you're a small company, the word collaboration has to be part of your vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great if all of the business owners in a strip mall um, got together for their employees and just showed the Shima video and handed out um, the 888-3737-888 number so people knew what to do if they saw something that wasn't Right. Um, It would also be great. I was invited to speak to a business association. and All of the owners came and we walked through, what does this new law mean to you? And this Mm. was a year ago. So they want to be ready to respond appropriately.
0: And one thing, and Sandy mentioned this too, is to go to a business association. One piece of advice for those who are looking to reach out to organizations is to find the places where those meetings are already happening, rather than trying to create a whole lot of new effort around creating a meeting around it. Find where's the opportunity. Potentially, it sounds like Sandy to you know engage exactly. people at you know where they are and where they already meet and where they're already looking to learn. And the more we can look for resources like that to partner with the existing organizations and and uh, and professional organizations, probably the eas- the faster the news gets out about this.
1: And, and you can look on your local community calendars. There are a lot of events now nationally on January 11th. Um, many communities have an event here in Orange County. It's, um, it's a collaborative effort with a lot of NGOs in the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force. At Vanguard, we will do a Freedom Day event on February 1st. Mm. And you can go to our website to find out more information about that.
0: So a lot of different ways to get engaged with people who also are care about this issue. Absolutely, Sandy. And then, of course, as you build those relationships, as we've talked about many times on this podcast, uh, then then you open up doors to do even more locally.
1: And and creating um, a, a collaborative effort for community engagement is so critical to awareness. Um, just having a, a few posters up is helpful. But when people really learn what to do when they see something and how their everyday actions impact and change the, um, the, the global perspective on trafficking, that's what's really
0: important. Very cool. Well, let's talk about the third one. So what people can do in faith-based communities that, uh, or, and what the faith-based communities do to reach out in, in this way.
1: I think uh, at, in the faith-based communities, we have a natural setting where people are, like you said, they're already meeting. Mm-hmm. So having a, a segment of your Sunday worship service that addresses human trafficking, when we created the cost of demand video, um, it's four minutes, and we were very intentional to make sure that it wouldn't have um, glaring, um, abrasive content that could not be shown in most um, most. Public situations where the kids are around, and mm-hmm, and right. so cost of demand really focuses on the the whole idea of supply and demand and social responsibility. It's four minutes. You can you can get the link to download a, a high res copy um, from our website, and that can be included in a Sunday morning worship service very easily. Hmm. Um, if you have a Sunday school class or a youth group or or a Wednesday night home group, uh, you can take the Shima video and walk through that. And that actually was produced by um, the, uh, the company is called Compass Cinema, and it was funded um, out of the Heritage Foundation. And so, but they worked in partnership with the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force. So law enforcement, the, um, the, the assistant U.S. attorney that prosecuted the case, you hear all of those, Voices about the 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 um, the bigger picture around what human trafficking is, but you also hear Shima's voice, and the um, if you have a youth group, the seeksocialjustice.com website actually has a downloadable study guide to go with the video, and that's also oh, a helpful know. opportunity to use for your youth group to walk through what is human trafficking, and then what is our responsibility as um, as believers in responding to that. Yeah. And um, so th- those are just some of the tools. There are so many resources out there. You would just be amazed. But we will continue to post anything new that we find on our website. Um, I also encourage you to, um, to look at posting a prayer calendar. One of the things that we've done in the past, we've shared prayer calendars with other groups, but we've also encouraged students to make their own and walk through the things that they want to do. So then they kind of keep a journal and um, some of the the groups send out a thought a day. So if you're in a place where it's snowing and people are not going to go to an event, maybe you're going to send out um, a thought to your to your group your youth group on this
0: and one of the things that I really appreciate sandy that I know has been done locally and I've been to one of these events in the past that you had invited me to is the uh, prayer breakfast and I don't remember if it was part of this uh, this this time of the year or not but um, you know one of the things I think is really important is that you know p- people in all faith communities care about this this issue this is not. Mm-hmm just a Christian issue it's not just a Jewish issue it's not just a Muslim issue it is it is a human issue it's a human rights issue and so uh, it was really just so heartwarming for me to be at that prayer breakfast and to see uh, people of all faiths gathered together in united in a a desire and a want to do things to end. This 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 horrible thing we call human trafficking, and I, I think that in addition to all of the practical things that go along with getting people together, and um, as as we've talked about, kind of putting on the armor of of, of empowering people, just the, the 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 feeling you get of really uh, people connecting and and unifying in a way like that is just is I think it's really powerful.
1: I I agree with you. Um, that was my very first. OC 111, when we did that first prayer breakfast. Oh, ah, okay, so this was the same. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, exactly I so. the same. And the the ability to bring everybody together because we all agree that slavery is wrong. This is so important because no one is going to end human trafficking on their own. Mm-hmm. And yet um, there are there are so many people who don't even know what it is. And we did a little research project here at Vanguard a few years ago, where um, students just went around within a half a mile of our university and asked any business that sold coffee or chocolate, do you have fair trade? They didn't boycott. They didn't say, you know, it's bad that you don't know about this. They just asked a question. And they increased the knowledge around our community significantly by asking that question. There are so many ways that we can begin to ask those questions. Uh, another group went to a mall on January 11th and passed out the 888-3737-888 number and would ask people, do you know what human trafficking is? And they would stop and explain it to them. Those That kind of community engagement builds a climate where slavery cannot exist. Because if we know what it looks like, if we know what to do when we see it, if we know what causes it so we can stop doing the things that cause it, that's how we're going to end it. And that isn't going to happen by a, a small little group of people working on it by themselves. It has to be out in the entire community.
0: And it takes time for that to happen and effort and sustained effort for sometimes many years. I, I think back to, and I don't know if this is the best analogy, Sandy, but uh, just what the one that's coming to my mind is, you know, the the issue with health issues with smoking, you know, forty, fifty years ago, um, you know, people believed smoking was not harmful to you at all, and in fact, some people argued it was good for you, and, mm-hmm. and that everyone should smoke. And the the evidence that mounted was substantial over the years of how detrimental smoking it was and is to your health. And yet, it took a long time to really change public perception about it because it was so much. You know, people were very uninformed. About the real risks about smoking, and now we live in a society, at least here in the states, where um, it, it's generally very understood, uh, even amongst people who smoke, that 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 there's major health issues with mm-hmm. that. And I don't at all mean to compare smoking to human trafficking; they're two completely separate things. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I certainly don't mean that comparison at all. But I think the um, the efforts at getting the word out and educating people in some ways are comparable. In that, if you it does take time and effort, and just because you don't see progress immediately doesn't mean that you're not uh, getting things done. And um, you know, I, and I'm going off on a tangent <clears throat> a little bit here, Sandy, but I think about this. You know, we do a lot of work in our business around educating people and educating adults and training people. And you know, how many times you sometimes have to teach someone how to do a new skill or. Uh, or you know, develop a new habit, and it very rarely is it that you teach someone something new or train something on a new skill, and the first time they do it, they do it successfully, or that they remember mm. it. It's repetition over time right. and changing the dialogue over time, and I think that that's very much the case here. That's too. such
1: a good point. I I went to a meeting, and someone I hadn't seen for a long time was saw me walk in the door and started shouting my name and waving and everything, and so I got over to them, and I thought, oh, they're so happy to see me. It's like. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. I didn't write down that number and I needed it. And so I we she had her phone out. I'm putting uh-huh. it in my cell phone, 888 3737 888 So it takes a while to learn those things. And yeah, yeah. you know, be be proactive. Put that number in your cell phone so that you know what to do. That number is also a uh, useful because it is the National Resource Center on Human Trafficking. They answer questions. They tell you who is doing something in your community. So if you are a community organizer and you want to do something in your church or in your nonprofit, or if you're a service organizer, um, you can call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center and find out who the leaders are in your community. So you're looking for a speaker that's a task force administrator or um, a law enforcement officer or or a, a case manager, and you want to have a firsthand report at your event, they can help you find that person.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned that and reminded us of that because I know I had that misperception, Sandy, that the only time you could use that number is if you were calling to report something you'd seen. But really, that number is therefore has a much larger resource of, Uh, as you said, resources, connections, things people are doing in your local community to support these efforts. So it's great that we have that resource available to us.
1: Exactly. So January 11th, 2012 to February 1st, Freedom Day, 2012, make plans to do one thing to raise awareness, engage your community, and do something to end human trafficking.
0: And speaking of 2012, it's just around the corner here. So it's, it's probably not too early to say Happy New Year almost, Sandy. Uh-huh. And, uh, and speaking of 2012, we mentioned this on the last episode that we are going to have the upcoming conference that the Global Center for Women and Justice is sponsoring at Vanguard University coming up here in Costa Mesa, California on March 2nd and 3rd. Uh, we talked about it in detail last time, so I won't go into detail this time, but you can find information on our website at GCWJ dot Vanguard dot edu and the topic for the conference is standing together to end the exploitation of girls and so this is a huge issue it's an important thing for us to educate ourselves and of course it relates to human trafficking unfortunately uh and for 99 dollars you can attend a a day and a half long conference here in southern california at a pretty (laughs) at a pretty uh yucky time of the year everywhere else in the country and really learn a lot you know, we're just, we're just, we're just, like we said last time, tip of the iceberg here, as far as what we're talking about in the podcast, we're going to have so many speakers, resources, workshops that will be tremendously valuable to you. And if you are anyone that has any interaction with young women and girls, especially, this is a place that you want to be.
1: It's a community health issue. This is something that if we are going to have healthy kids we need to be a part of learning how to keep our community safe and help raise awareness and understanding of everybody in the community to do that.
0: And one way that you can continue to learn about keeping your community safe is keeping in touch with us, because we're here as a resource for you around education and resources to help you end human trafficking, not just... everywhere around the world, but in your community as well. And so you can reach out to us with questions at gcwj at vanguard.edu, or you can call the center at 714-556-3610,
1: extension 2242.
0: Hey, Sandy, last episode of 2011. uh, Thanks for a great year and looking forward to 2012 here in just a few weeks. Okay, we'll see you next year. Hey, have a great new year.